When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And the only place outside of a Guns N' Roses rehearsal room that you can hear the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, listen, uh, my coworkers, they laugh at my jokes when I tell them the jokes in in-person meetings. But on the online meetings we have, they don't laugh at my jokes. When I ask them why, they said, my jokes aren't remotely funny. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> Stacy said that might be her favorite Duff joke of all time. And thank you, Duff, for delivering the laughs. And thank you to Guns N' Roses for delivering the rock and roll. They're headlining the Welcome to Rockville Festival in May and then hitting the road in Europe this summer. Go see them if you have a chance. And come see Fozzie. We're bringing the rock and roll straight to you starting March 31st to Detroit. The Save the World Tour rolls on again, and we can't wait to come to see it. We are going to be everywhere, Michigan, Connecticut, New Hampshire, New Jersey, Texas, Nevada, California, Colorado, everywhere in between. Get your tickets at FozzyRock.com. And don't forget about our VIP meet and greets. They are legendary. We'll be doing those every night. We play a mini set for you. Five songs, some that you won't hear later that night. Still tickets available for everything you can get all of those at FozzyRock.com. Come and join us and rock with us. It is a show you're not going to want to miss. And speaking of not going to want to miss this, you don't, want, you don't want to miss the vacation of a lifetime. Get on the mailing list to book a cabin for Chris Jericho's Rockin' Rusty Rager at Sea, the Four Leaf Clover, our fourth voyage. We are now setting sail February 2nd, 2023. The website just went live again, ChrisJerichoCruise.com. we got a great lineup of talent joining us. And for the first time ever, we're going to our own private island, uh, Great Stirrup K from Miami. Get all the details when you sign up for the mailing list at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Don't you dare miss it. This lineup is our best one ever. All right. And the rock and roll continues on Talk is Jericho today with Jose Mangan. He's a Talk is Jericho alumni, and you know him from the Octane Channel and Sirius XM. Jose flies the flag for heavy metal and hard rock, has been doing it for years, and now he's flying the flag for Pantera in a huge way. The late, great Vinny Paul left Jose his old limo. It's the original limo that Vinny and Dime bought back in the day. I've been in it. I've had a few rides in it, some great stories. And so did the Abbott brothers. Had some great times in that limo as well. Vinny carried on the tradition after Dime died. 
Uh, like I said, I had some fun times with Vinny in that thing, and Jose's had some great times as well. And now he owns the damn thing. You'll hear some of our stories in the limo coming up. But the bigger story is how Jose ended up being willed Vinny's limo in the first place and what it took to get from Texas uh, to Jose's house in Southern California and then what Jose had to do to get the limo fully restored and running again. It wasn't easy. It was very expensive, even though Jose put a lot of his own cash into the restoration. He also added some really amazing tributes to the Abbott brothers in the limo as well. Very cool salute to the fans uh, who helped Jose get the limo restored inside the limo. It was part of the GoFundMe that Jose launched to help fund the limo restoration. It's a crazy story. The details are amazing, and it's uh, quite inspirational. Brought a tear to my eye. Jose's taking us on the journey, gives us an audio tour of the limo, shares the feedback he got from Rita, Dime's widow, and some others in the Pantera family. I can tell you he's the right guy to own this thing for sure. He's even going to tell you how you can party in it for yourself. Yes, you can experience the Pantera limo in person. So here we go, Jose Mangan and the story of the Pantera limo right here, right now on Talk is Jericho. But yeah, dude, let's just get into it, man. All so right, yeah, yeah. We played Louisville Louder Than Life. And I happened to go to the interview tent, which you always have to do when you're doing these festivals. And I had no idea that I was walking into the uh, the lair of Jose Mangan, my old friend for many, many years. And you happened to end up on that Louisville show. Uh, just more of a last minute coincidence, right? Yeah, dude. Um, I wasn't supposed to be in Kentucky for that festival. I was supposed to be hosting one in your home state, Florida. Well, not home state, but where you live, Florida. And uh, that one got canceled. I found out on Instagram the morning of the main of the first main day. And uh, yeah, Danny Wimmer, who's running the one in, in Kentucky, Louder Than Life, was like, get your ass to an airport. We're flying you out to come hang with us. And so, yeah, I just came out with Danny just to watch Metallica and see a bunch of my favorite bands perform on the weekend. And he was like, yeah, can you do a couple of interviews? I was like, yeah, of course, man. And Jericho's like, oh, I got Jericho. I can do this shit blindfolded, man. Can I? So it was fun. Was that the first kind of big festival that you had been uh, back on since everything went down? Yes. Um, the one that I was hosting, Rebel Rock, was going to be the first festival that I was coming back to after this whole time, after the shit hit the fan. And Louder Than Life was my first when I walked into that, you know, right before Metallica was about to go on Friday night, it was so packed and I was overwhelmed by how many people were there. It felt really good. I wasn't nervous. I felt really good to be back like that, man. Well, Danny also runs a tight ship. You know, people were supposed to be uh, negative tests and uh, vaccination stuff. So bands, all the fans. So I just, I just felt safe, but it felt really good to be there and to see all the bands. I was like a kid in the candy store. Oh yeah, no, it, it was really cool just to be back. And we played a couple festivals like that around that time frame. But the, the only kind of drag was the certain bands like Metallica still super bubbled. You know, we must protect Metallica at all costs. So it's like texting Lars and he's like, let me get you a better seat. I'm like, yeah, he goes, I can't come say hi to you. I'm like, that's fine. I get it. It's no problem. The only kind of weird thing that kind of was a drag. You know, Jericho, it was definitely very different backstage. Even 
the limited amount of artists that I did see, like you and a few others, there, w- there wasn't a lot of opportunity. Normally, when you're at these festivals, everybody sees everybody else. Yeah. Uh, you're around lots of people. When bands come off the stage, you see all these people gathered in the back. And it's not like that this time. People just were hidden, played their shows and got the hell out of there. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of people backstage. There was nobody. At the one that I recently went to, they even said nobody can watch from the side stage. So they, they even shut the stages down at, at Aftershock. Yeah. Uh, they were like, you can't even get up here to watch it from the side safely away from everybody else. And I was like, oh, this kind of sucks, you know? So I would go out and find some other place where I can uh, see the band in comfort and stuff. But yeah, it was very different. People were like, oh, did you see this band? Oh, Jose, I didn't see you. Oh, I, I missed you. I was, Dude, I didn't see anybody. Yeah. And people were when Danny Wimmer requires even the bands and the people backstage to wear masks. So people are walking around and I don't even dude, you know, the mask and shit. Like I know people so well. And sometimes <laughs> yeah. I see them with the mask. I'm like, who are you? And they think I'm like, oh, dude, oh, I'm sorry, man. I didn't even know. So, yeah, it, it was very different, but I'm OK with it, dude. Well, I mean, if, if you were the mask, I could always tell because I can see your manicured eyebrows. That's how I would know. <laughs> Wait, let me just say, Jericho, for the record, I do this shit myself. I got a pattern like 15 years ago from some lady that initially waxed the shit. And I just kept that same pattern, dude. This is me. This is all me. No one's helping me. So everybody that's talking shit all right <laughs> you're you're in show business you're a professional man i, yeah, I get well, it I you get know it. dude you i have know people that do this shit for you man well no I, I i have no eyebrows i got thin i have to paint eyebrows on sometimes they're so thin for uh tv and stuff like that but but one of the things that was uh super interesting because i've obviously you know it's the modern world you follow each other on instagram all these other things and we spoke about it briefly in louisville and it's one of the coolest things and, and i really obviously want to hear all the details about it which of course is you have uh, revamped the brothers abbott aka dimebag and vinnie paul's limousine and you've kind of made a whole project out of it now people listening might go well, what's the big deal about a limousine this is a classic famous piece i'm going to go even further of rock and roll history vinnie had this limo that he would drive around with his with his entourage, which he only guy that would show up for a concert and ask for fifteen free tickets, because uh, <laughs> he had to get and, and fifteen you know bar passes and fifteen things of merch. And he'd be like, "All right, Vinny, you can have it." But he had this limousine that he would take everywhere, and just out of the blue, seemingly, I start reading your posts about how you're working on this this limo. Uh, and we'll talk all about the history of the limo and all that other stuff, but kind of give a little bit of a background as just what the hell is going on with this very famous, legendary, uh, from my recollection, almost a jalopy type of a limo. I would actually even go a little further, dude, and say this is the most famous heavy metal limo of all time. In the history of mankind, this <laughs> is the most famous heavy metal limo. So like you, I've been in it, partied in it. I've very much aware of what it is and what it signifies and and the history and the memories. Uh, Vinny and Dime bought it in 2001 from a dentist who was having an estate sale (laughs) in Texas. And they had rented limos all the time to do all sorts of shit. They were for years renting limos to go party, to go to shows when they were not on tour. And then somebody told Dime and Vinny, you guys should just buy your own. 
And they were like, that's a good idea. And so when someone clued them in on this estate sale from this dentist who was getting rid of a bunch of stuff, including this 1997 Lincoln town car limo, the brothers bought it and for a good price and they and they pimped it out a little bit, but they used it. Dime and Vinny used it for, for years. And then with Dime's untimely passing, Vinny just told Rita, I'm going to take it for a little bit. And then he got a place in Vegas. He's like, yeah, I'm going to take it to Vegas. And Rita was like, yeah, you know, whatever. And so Vinny uh, made that really, really, really famous. So without getting into the other history of it, fast forward to August of last year. Uh, we had just bought this house, my wife and I. Most normal people, when they buy a house uh, that, that month after, you got zero money. You got nothing. You're stressing out about all sorts of shit. It's like, what are we going to do? And then I get this call from Jake Lawson. Chris, I think you know Jake. Big Jake. He was the yeah. tour manager, head of security for a bunch of bands. And, and so Jake's been a longtime friend of mine. He called me up and he was like, hey, man, the estate of Vinnie Paul wants to give you the limousine. You know the limo. And I was like, oh, my God. And the first thing I was just thinking of was dollar signs. Like, this is going to be expensive. Like, oh, my, what? Like, I, I can't, you know. But then I was like, so wow, Jake, how is it? You know, what's the condition? He was like, well, let me send you a video and a, and a couple of pictures. Hold on. So while on the phone, he sent me some stuff and I was like, oh, oh my God, dude, it looks horrible. And he's like, yeah, it doesn't work either. And I was like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? And he's like, well, first of all, do you want it? I was like, of course I do, man. But what, what, how, why did, why, you know, I'm just asking all these questions. Like what the f man? He's like, the estate thinks that you out of all the people would be the one to love it the most care for it and do something good with it. And that was kind of just a generic bullet points. And I was like, well, yeah, that is me. Like in my head, I'm just, I'm still spinning. I'm like, Oh my God, how, is, how am I going to break this news to my wife? And so I called her afterwards and I told her and she was so excited. That first reaction to me, instead of yelling and being stressed about it and then making me stressed, because I already was, she was like, that's an honor. Like, oh my God, Jose. And I was like, yeah, you know, and then, and then so they gave me a limited time to go get it. And about a few weeks from that point, I had to go get it because they were selling all of Vinny's stuff in Vegas, his home, his vehicle, hmm. uh, they were getting rid of all this stuff because they were about to close on the property. And so this limo was next to this barn outside and for years, rotting, rusting in the Vegas sun uh, with that vinyl top just cooking, uh, rust marks through the, and you can see through it on both sides. Oh, wow. Rusted completely. It didn't run. So this thing was just sitting there in his yard, basically, in the middle of the desert. Rotting. Rotting, yeah. It became part of the earth, Chris. And when I saw it, dude, it was like, I was a, a mm. nervous wreck the whole time. I mean, so from the first time I got the call to going to get it, I was very, very nervous when I, especially when I went and picked it up and I saw the condition that it was in. It was spider webs, gross inside. It smelled. The tire, everything was shredded and, and just melted. and just sad yeah it must have been sad to, to see that right it was sad to see that in the condition that it was and yeah that it let, that it got that far to get that that bad like Vinny wanted to fix it up when he was alive he went to a few people to get quotes and he even went to somebody that has a tv show 
you know, his shop quoted Vinny a lot of money, 85, 90,000. And Vinny was like, that, because it did need that much work. Limos don't last that long for a reason. You know, there's no old limos on the road because of, they don't last that long. They're not supposed to. Vinny just was like, I'll fix it next. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And for years, he just left it. It got no love and it got nothing. So when I went to pick it up, Jericho, it was so crazy. The the tow truck dudes that I hired to put it on the flatbed, one of their chains wasn't working. So they had to use another tow truck and use Bride Dog's archery bow and arrow kit, like the target. You know, it's like a big hay circle. Yeah, 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 yeah. They put that on the back of the bumper, between in front of the bumper of the of the tow truck, and they literally had to push it on to the back of the thing, like pushing it from behind. The wheels dragging on the asphalt. You can see sparks coming because it was just the <laughs> wheels. There was no tires. Wow. And they had the, and they pushed it up on this thing, and it was barely hanging. And then they had to adjust it. I was panicking. I had to go back in, in Vinny's house. I was like, I can't watch this. I'm freaking out. This is crazy. I never thought that I would be responsible for something like that. And then we took it from Vegas to Long Beach. We put it in a parking lot, secured lot. It took about seven months of working on the the engine and getting it to run. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Let's slow down a bit because you right, covered sorry, a lot yeah, of territory. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's, it's, it's cool, man. So first of all, quickly, who it runs Vinny's estate now? Is it Chelsea, his old girlfriend, and Bride Dog, his longtime assistant? Bride Dog is uh, one of the main dudes there, but he has a team helping him, like Guy Sykes and, and Kimberly Zide, who, uh, you know, working with Pantera's management. Guy Sykes, longtime tour manager, was also a, a beneficiary. Gotcha. But the, the majority of Vinny's estate went to Chelsea, Bride Dog, and then to his dad. And then uh, Vinny gave his parts to Rita. Uh, his dime parts back to Rita. Gotcha. Rita became a, a much bigger member of the of the Pantera family as far as like anything, you know, she has, now she has a, a huge chunk, you know, she represents dimes, part of the estate. So uh, Bride Dog has some help, Jake Lawson inc- included. And, you know, so he has a team of people helping him, but Bride Dog is, is he's got the stress of handling all this stuff too. And <laughs> wow. that's a lot for him to handle as well. And, but he's doing a great job and that that's who it was. So it was a plan, but I think Jericho to, to really super be honest, cause I've heard stories. I think they offered the limo to a few people uh, before me. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just talk about this limo and tell some stories about before we get to the modern day version of it, because like we mentioned, it is the most legendary heavy metal limo. The first time I saw the limo, we had, a, we had a show back when I was working for the WWE in Tyler, Texas, which is about, I think about a two hour drive from Dallas. And Vinny's like, oh, come to the show, take a limo back with us back to Dallas, and we'll go hang out at the clubhouse, which, of course, was his strip club that he owned. So, you know, he asked for his customary 
10, 12 tickets, whatever it is. And it's fine. Uh, we wrestled the show. And then afterwards, I'm like, okay, whoever I drove there with, I'm going to catch a ride back in Vinny's limo. And you're thinking limo, like, you know, black limo with a driver. And it's like, it pulls up and for when I, it wasn't powder blue, but it felt like that. Like it felt like something right out of like, I know it was from 97, but it looked like something from like the seventies or eighties. It was exactly the limo that you would expect Vinny to have. So we get in this limo and it's just packed. And of course, everyone's drinking. Of course, it's Vinny's thing. And he was just cranking journey because what people don't know is that the Abbott's specific. I, I was very close to Vinny and, and barely knew dime, but Vinny loves, loves classic rock, but he had it turned up so loud. You, you couldn't hear anything. You couldn't even like exist. You're just like, don't stop. Boom, 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 boom. And I was like, dude, you got to turn it down. I can't hear anything. And it's like, what are you talking about, man? And it's like, turn the fucking journey down. Just turn it down. <laughs> and the thing probably went 70 miles an hour. So it took us three hours to get back to Dallas. But it was just the best time ever. In It was like your friend in high school who just happened, his dad owned some kind of limo and pulled up and grabbed it. You know, I mean, that's the kind of vibe that they had when you were in this car. Oh, dude, the, the vibe in the car now, uh, we don't have to jump to the modern day, but that vibe is still there. Nice. The stereo was the most important part of the restoration <laughs> for me. And my first time in that limo was, I believe it was the Ozfest in 2008, when the one Ozfest that happened in Dallas, because there was no other Ozfest that year. There was only one in Dallas. It was a tribute to Dimebag and King Diamond came out and played with Metallica. It was a really, really, uh, Metallica was headlining. Uh, it was an awesome, awesome event. And we were there broadcasting from Sirius XM. And uh, Vinny, you know, we were close at that, at that time and invited me out to the clubhouse. And I was excited to, to come. And then Vinny was like, hey, you want to listen to some new Hell Yeah? And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, where? It was called, we'll go out in limo. It's like, oh, shit. So we went outside the clubhouse, and he puts me in. He sits in his seat where he always sits, which is the right back corner bench. And, dude, you're, you are absolutely correct. That sound system, it hurt. And I, I <laughs> could take loud noises, man, like, like, a, like a motherfucker. But, dude, there inside Vinny's limo, listening to the demos of Stampede from Hell Yeah, it was so loud and he was just sitting there and i didn't want to say anything because i was afraid to look like a puss you know in front of vinnie paul right right but after a couple of songs like oh it's hurting loud it's he's so, like ah, 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 ah. and he's just laughing he does not turn it down sits there just laughing at me because he knows that it's hurting me yes <laughs> And that was his thing. He, he he would do that in his house. Like yeah. every time you'd go to, to Vegas and Vin would always host a party afterwards where it would go all night and he would make breakfast in the morning. That was something he really loved to do. Yeah. But he also loved that movie Bruno that uh, Sasha Baron Cohen played. He would have that thing turned up so loud. It's like, dude, it's six o'clock in the morning. Turn this down. He's like, no, man, it's funny. I know it's funny. But it doesn't have to be that loud. It doesn't make it funnier that way. He just loved it. Just pushed right to the brink. Dude, his um, 
house is all wired, speaker wires everywhere. I mean, it's funny because I love looking at house stuff and doing stuff, um, you know, work on on houses and, and projects and stuff. Dude, I remember being in this Texas, but it, more specifically in the Vegas home because uh, that was last year, and I can I was really looking at at stuff in there, uh, wiring from the kitchen, wiring going to different rooms, and it's all like <laughs> staple on the very top. So it's next to the ceiling and it's just a speaker wiring everywhere. And I remember like P King and, and Jake and everybody was in bride dog were laughing. It was like, Oh, Vinny <laughs> putting speakers, speaker wire everywhere because that's what he loves. It was loud volume right. and intense shit. So yeah, that was a really cool memory being in that limo. And uh, I've been in it before as well. Uh, driving to a few different places. Bride dog told me a story that at one point they had like 36 people in the limo it's supposed to <laughs> legally hold eight people but they fit 36 in there uh one time but it was mostly exotic dancers of course you're gonna fit 36 you know people in there like that but imagine getting you and a bunch of your uh, aew friends in there hell no you're gonna fit 36 people in there so um that was a, a really cool story Another cool thing about just talking about Vinny's house, and you can explain, he had different rooms in his house that were all painted different colors and they all had names, right? Yep. So the orange one was the carrot top room. He had a green one that was the Elvis room. I'm like, why is the green one Elvis? Because the jungle, Elvis has the jungle room in, in Graceland, man. So I got the jungle room in my, in my house, the Elvis okay. room. And then was there a prince room that was purple? Something else like that, too. I don't remember exactly, dude, because for the times that I've been there, I was really, really, <laughs> really, really, really wasted. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning type stuff. And I remember the bungalows outside. Remember next to the pool? That was in Dallas. That's the Dallas house. The Dallas one. Yeah. He had uh, all these little outside little rooms that where friends and people can do stuff, uh, have fun. <laughs> With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. <laughs> you know, with, with friends and whatever, but they had all these little rooms, bungalows outside in Texas. And I was thinking, man, how cool would that be to freaking party here and then stay in one of these freaking bungalows? You know, like what? Yes. You mentioned something too. Uh, what I love about Vinny and Dime is that they were just so welcoming to strangers. You know, Vinny was famous for having all sorts of fans at his homes in Dallas and in, in Nevada. And people that he didn't even know. He's like, yeah, come on over. I'll, I'll feed you. I'll fucking give you drinks and shit. And imagine a famous rock star, really famous, doing that for fans. Can you name one? Not like that. I mean, isn't that how you became a Pantera fan, Jose? Did, was, weren't you one of those fans? Yes, uh, Jarek. I met Diamond Vinny when I was uh, 16 years old. Uh, I went out to a um, Sepultura Pantera prong show. I had sold weed uh, for a backstage pass, two of them. And I was able to meet the brothers uh, after a long story, but I was able to meet them. And uh, Dime was so 
fucking good to me. I had just gotten my first tattoo. It was a Cowboys from Hell tattoo. And I had long hair and a mustache and shit and a unibrow. <laughs> and I went up to him after the show. I was like, dude, check it out. Dime scarred for life. And he was like, dude. And he gave me a black tooth. He gave me a silver bullet can, which I still have. Wow. I had the red solo cup forever, but it, it just broke. And, you know, but that silver bullet can. I, and he ripped off a poster from the dressing room. Uh, him, Vinny, Rex signed it for me. I was nobody. I was just a huge fan. But they treated me so golden. And he kept talking to me. And when we finally made our way out to the meet and greet that I was waiting for forever, and I had snuck off to, to find the guys, he walked with me the entire time and was talking to me. And my friend saw Dime and I walking. He was like, how did, where, what, what? And the people that stuck around for that meet and greet, it was at the very end. And people, most people left already because they didn't come out. Uh, they were just partying and stuff. But um, yeah, man, I just, at that point, and then Vinny, you know, we just became very close, man. He saw how much I loved him and his band and how much I took care of them, you know, especially with Hell Yeah, man. We're huge champions of that band on Sirius XM. So the thing, one of the greatest things that I've done with my, with my life in music 21 years at Sirius XM is, is to help my idols. Bands like Metallica, Testament, Anthrax, these guys I worship and I just want to help them and do anything I can for them. After a while, these dudes were like, oh, this dude's for, for real. This is not just some radio disc jockey uh, shtick. And so that's how Vinny and I became so close over the years. And I hosted every Ride for Dime, every Dime Bash. You know, I sang in all of those too. You were at a few of those with us over the years as well. But um, I just became a messenger for their music. And anything that they touched, I became a messenger for. So once again, as we move back to the modern times of this limo, what an honor it is for you. And we've all had that, like I said, like just going back to, we, we talked about Louisville texting with Lars. He's like, well, okay, let me find you the best place. I'm like, why, why the f*** is Lars texting me? You're on in 20 minutes, dude. And I want to make sure you're, you're doing okay. When you, when your heroes and idols become peers and then become friends, there's nothing cooler because cool people are just cool people. Once you get over what they do for a living, you know, some of our heroes aren't as cool than the ones that are. So here you are as the world's biggest Pantera fan or one of them and flying the flag for heavy metal and Pantera. Now you're gifted this limo, which you, like you said at first, you're like, I don't even know what I'm going to do with this thing. You mentioned you, you got it out of the ground in Vegas. You take it to California. What's the next step now with basically all you have is a shell of this limousine. Yeah. Uh, the shell of memories, uh, the shell of you know, all sorts of stories about this, you know, funny, beautiful, great stories from all sorts of different people, famous and, and not. So when I finally had it here, the first thing to do was to get it up and running. I hired a mobile mechanic and he and I, every week, we would go out and meet at the limo in the parking lot. And, you know, this takes time, dude. Like nobody knows how much time this took from me, from my work how stressful it was to go and drive to Long Beach and the like, Uber back or to do all these, all the money, all the costs, dude, the timing, the time I f***ed up. I missed the radio breaks all the time. Cause I was just, I couldn't <laughs> get to my studio. I couldn't be here, but yeah, I got it up and running. It took seven months 
to work on tweaking the engine. The gas tank was rusted. I mean, everything was rusted. It had to be replaced. Shocks, suspension, control arms. I mean, stuff in the engine. I, all, I mean, anything you can think of and shit that I didn't even know existed had to be replaced and was rusted and rotted. Motors for the windows. I mean, motors for the trunk. Everything, dude. So then we got it up and running with its rust holes and stuff and passed the uh, smog test here in California. That was a pain in the ass, man, because the car hadn't been ridden forever. Wow. So you have to drive it a bunch in order to go to the smog test. I didn't know this. I thought you just went to a smog freaking test and you got it done. No, but they, they say you have to drive like 500 miles or like 100 and something miles. But if the car hasn't been driven forever, you need to drive it a bunch in order to get it even just to the level of testing it. I had no idea. I drove 400 miles on that thing to get the smog test done. 400 miles in a limo, rusted limo with no plates, no registration, nothing. (laughs) Texas plates on California freeways up and down. I went to San Diego. I went back. I was just driving. This is one of those things you pull up at the red light next to a bunch of hot chicks. and You're just like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) oh i did that people stared at me dude were like oh they were turned away when they made eye contact so they didn't want to look at me (laughs) i got a limo i got a limo yeah nobody cared dude nobody cared uh but i got a few beeps and stuff because people saw the dimeback sticker on the back and a couple of people knew uh what that was because just from me talking about it on the radio i think as well but um yeah man we got it up and running let me, let me reverse for a second. So August is when I got the call. September is when I picked up the limo. And in October, on the day that Eddie Van Halen died, which mm. was kind of a, a crazy date, to, but how magical that kind of was, right? And how right. coincidence and because of the Abbott brothers' love for, for the Van Halen brothers. My friend, one of my best friends, Sonny Gillen, was telling me, dude, you can't do this yourself. And I was like, but well, what am I supposed to do? I, I can't ask for help, man. And he's like, you have to. How can you afford? How can you do this, dude? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Sonny. I don't know. I'm just doing little pieces at a time, you know, a thousand bucks, two thousand. I can I'm trying. And then he was like, you need to do a GoFundMe. And then I was like, oh, man, I don't know, dude. That might be people might think that's weird, you know? And he was like, how in the f- are you supposed to do this, dude? I was like, you're right. And I've never asked for help ever in my life. I've never asked for any sort of financial help ever with anybody, ever. And so it just was a weird thing, you know, to think about that. And I, I think I have a really loyal relationship with, with the fans and stuff. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't know how people will think about this. And then we came up with the idea of everybody that donates is going to get their name engraved on the inside of the bar. In the beginning, we had a different place for the, for the names, but it ended up being the back panel of the bar. Everybody that donated a dollar got their name engraved. 893 names were engraved in the back panel of this bar and it's the standout piece of the limousine so we started the gofundme and i felt good about making this their limo as well not just mine but you are contributing to this and you are going to be a part of this and i think once that was established and i felt comfortable then i was like okay this can work and and we launched it that morning and then eddie van halen in the afternoon we found out that he passed and i was like oh god that's awful and damn what a bad day to freaking do a gofundme you know but <laughs> yeah. in a week we raised um thirty thousand. wow 
it took another bunch of months because I just didn't ask Chris. I didn't go, hey, donate here. I just put I would put a link up. I'd put updates up and then put a link and then hope that people would. But I didn't say, please donate, please donate, please donate here, donate here. I just made it more vague because I still felt weird doing it because I know people were struggling. But the thing is, the Jose, and you're right about that, but this is not like you're asking, hey, pay for Jose's mortgage or whatever the hell it is. We keep going back. This is a very historical you know, vehicle here. So I can see why you'd be a little bit hesitant, but I can also see why it's the right thing to do because it's funny because I, I've just gone back on your Instagram today just to watch some of the videos that you post and stuff. When it said donate, click on the on the link in the bio. I went to that link in the bio. Now it's just your all your social media. Like the, the, you obviously have taken it down, but I didn't know anything about it. You know, I, I would have donated because this is part of my history with, with Vinny. I gladly would have given money, not to Jose Mangan, but to the legacy of, of, of Vinny Paul and Dimebag as well. Like I said, I did not know Vinny, but, or I didn't know Dime, but I, I would feel good about doing that. Yeah. And you know what, dude, people really felt good. We did get some people that were haters, obviously. Obviously. I mean, my wife has her job and, and does her stuff. And I think she posted up a picture of she was at the mall doing something. And, and it's like, oh, uh, there's the GoFundMe money buying your fucking wife uh, yeah, shit. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, God. Yeah. You know, on, and man. somebody close to us even too, which was shocking. Uh, someone that was close to us, you know, it was like, yeah, uh, you're getting GoFundMe people to make your car payments. And I'm like, are you oh, kidding yeah. me? What? <laughs> I expected it. We got a, a, a little hard time about it. But I think that after the months and after showing the updates uh, slowly, you know, it took six, seven months to restore. So showing these updates, people were like, oh, shit, he's really doing this. Yeah, This is so much money. And so we raised about 50,000, Chris. Uh, so far, it's costed me over 70 and counting. Wow. I wanted to add a shower to the downstairs bathroom. <laughs> like that was like, I'm a house dude, dude. I love, you know, working hard and investing and doing stuff for the house. I love doing the work myself. I, I didn't do that. You know, I put over 20,000 into the limo. You know, there was stuff that I wanted to do, you know, on the outside and do some shit for whatever, man. I mean, you know, save for my daughter's college. No, no, none yeah. of that. Dude. You know, <laughs> it, it's gone to this limo, but it feels so good. And to have the support of my family and the fans and, and people like you, it means everything. And, and I can see the temperature change, especially once they saw it finished. And people were so proud to see that up and running and how beautiful. And the thing that I hear the most is that how proud Vinny and Dime would be of the limo, how proud they would be of all the work and stress that I've done. I've had so many signs from Vinny and Dime over the years, first Dime, and then now it's even more powerful with Vinny and Dime. I have devoted a huge part of my life to those guys and their music and doing it because I love it. Never expecting anything in return. Never, never. Everything that I hosted for that dime ride for dimes and dime bashes, zero dollars. I would pay for shit myself. I would fly out for myself. I would do all this stuff and never expecting anything in return. I would sing tons of Pantera songs at <laughs> concerts and everything just because I love it. Not expecting to inherit the limousine of Vinny and Dime, like all that shit. So I think that collectively, 
the karma Pantera hell yeah points that I had were just so much overflowing that the heavens said, here, dude, take this, do something good with it. And that's why I went and said it earlier. The vibes in this limo is so beautiful. It, it feels so good when people walk in and step inside of this. They're like, you can feel how loving this vehicle is that you can really taste and feel how thick the love is for Diamond Vinny inside of that limousine. There's a beautiful tribute on the back bench where Vinny and Diamond would sit. And I have their pictures and I have this beautiful saying that's right there, right in the middle of a beautiful tribute to them. Something that I used um, from Dimebag's grave marker and I kind of switched it, the words to make it apply to both brothers. And then I wrote a, a nice little couple of sentence summary of what this limo is and what it means hmm. that is the most beautiful part in the limo people get emotional when they see that and i had family members and friends like rita dimebag's widow uh, i had bobby tongs pantera's videographer i had bride dog vinnie paul's best friend you know chad from hell yeah people very close christian from hell yeah inside the limo and all of them emotional kind of speechless all of them at some point almost crying inside this limo, I was like, oh my God, like it has that effect, but to see that effect on others like them, it makes it all worth it. And one more big, 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 beautiful thing, Chris, is that I have never in my whole life of being a massive fan of Pantera, I have never spoken so much about Vinny and Dime than I have now. All these years later, when the band was around, when the hell yeah stuff was popping, everything, I never spoke more about those guys than I do now to everybody, strangers, uh, little old ladies, you know, here in the neighborhood, like, what's this? You know, <laughs> security guards, police officers, people walking their dogs, people at gas stations, you know, the fans of, that really know uh, what it is and hotel people. I mean, just everybody. I, that I can tell this story to, I do. And it feels really cool to have people looking up Pantera on their phone and being like, oh, what's that band? Oh, I'll <laughs> listen to them. You know, and I'm like, oh my God, this is insane. The fact that people helped and I didn't push it. I didn't, I didn't want to push it like, here, give me money. You know, I just put the updates up and I just hope that people would kind of get it word of mouth and yeah. understand or maybe just hit a link and be like oh oh okay i couldn't have done it without their help but to have this thing up and running dude it's a blessing start clean with clorox because clorox delivers a powerful clean every time because messes happen because <laughs> my charcoal mess great because why would i put that on my face when i could drop it in my sink this is what i get for multitasking Ugh! why is charcoal so sticky <clears throat> hello Janice, I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. You know what's cool, though, dude? Like anybody listening that's thinking, and it, obviously, if you know anything about Jose, this is the real deal guy right here. This guy loves heavy metal, he loves Pantera. And this, I can see you putting every single cent you got into this because you know why? This is why you would never use it to pay your car payment or to buy your wife a purse or whatever because that would be letting Dime and Vinny down and you would never do that. God, 
and I'd, I'd known this guy for a long time, but you are legit the real deal when it comes to this. So it's cool to know that you took this honor and fixed this thing up and everybody that helped you feels the same way. Jericho, I have an even cooler story too. So trying to get this limo fixed, I went to several different body shops. They all said no. <laughs> Some people didn't even reply back to me. They're like, oh, we'll think about it. We'll call you back. Zero callback. People were terrified. Nobody wanted to touch this limousine. Nobody wanted to work on it. They said, it's too much money. It's too much time. We don't have the space. Good luck. Other people, you don't fix cars like this. Bye. Just rejection after rejection. And that took a toll, dude. Like I was like, oh my God, I can't even get this fixed. I'm trying to get it fixed. So then I made more calls and I finally called somebody in Corona, California. And I was telling uh, the dude my story. And he was, I mean, he kind of stopped me and halfway. And he was like, I know the story. I saw the video on YouTube. I don't know who you are, but I saw the video. Let me tell you, I worked on this limousine. And I was like, what? What? So this dude, Enrique Herrera, was just a, a grunt worker in this famous limo place that cut limos and sold them to the rest of the country. It was a place in Corona, California. They pimped out all the limousines that were bought like in the 90s and, and early 2000s. They were even, not Enrique, but his boss got busted. They were like, line up the limos with Coke. <laughs> they would cut limos, line them up inside the walls, and then ship them to different states and sell them like that. Wow. That's crazy. So I didn't find anything like that in this one. So <laughs> Enrique was like, you know, I told him uh, what model it was and, and it had little labels on the, on the limo of where it was customized. And he was like, dude, Jose, I cut that limo. And so he's like, bring it in. So I went, I drove over as soon as I could. And I, I, I met him and he was like, dude, I made this limo. And he was showing me different details. Like I was like, what? Like underneath shit. He was like, oh yeah. And this is wood right here. I made this thing. And I was like, oh my God, dude. And so he was like, Jose, I have to be honest, dude, you can't fix this. What you should do is buy a used limo, pimp that out and just call it a day. You'll save money and it'll be much easier. And I said, Enrique, I can't, dude. I did a go, a very public GoFundMe right. to fix this limo <laughs> right here. Like I can't get another one and just say, oh, here it is. And he was like, but these limos don't last this long. And he's like, I want to help you, Jose, but this is just, I don't know. And dude, Chris, I could see his mind thinking, and he showed me an invoice on what it costs just to cut a limo and to pimp it out. It was 75 just to cut a new limo and pimp it out. And he was like, dude, Jose, this should probably cost like 100000 it needs new framing. It needs new siding. Like you can't replace, you have to completely gut this and make and start over. And he was like, who has time to do that? Who can do that? And I was, Enrique, please, please, dude, you made this. And I was begging him, Chris, to please help me, dude. Like almost crying, dude, right. I swear. Because I saw there was hope that I could get this dude, the original guy that cut it, to work on it. And he sat there and he was thinking, thinking, he's like, I want to be a part of this story. I want to help you and I'll do it for this much. At the time it was 50, 50. And I was like, oh, dude, please. Yes. Yes. Let's sign. This probably should have been a, a hundred. It should have been a hundred thousand dollar project. 
but he charged me 50, a little bit more at the end. Wow. But I think I ended up paying him about 56 and I had already spent, you know, 12, 13, 14 at that point by, by myself. On your own. Yeah. Yeah. On my own. So when he quoted me, I just said, dude, let me sign, let me do this. And he had it for seven months and I would go visit it. And you can see in the videos on my Instagram, the progress that he made and how good he was and how much he loved to be a part of the story. He never had a, cl- a customer like me come in there and just praise him. I gave him gifts. I brought him clothes and tequila. And uh, for him and his, and his whole <laughs> shop, I just wanted him to know how grateful I was that he was helping me. And then he was proud to be on the videos with me talking about the progress. And I could see him love it. And we became friends, dude. I call him when I had problems with anything with the limo and stuff. He was like, oh, I got you, Jose. I got you. Like, he doesn't charge me to do things. And he's an angel. Without Enrique, there's no way that this could have been done. There's no way. And he salvaged so much of the original. He's the one that gave me the idea to do all the names in the bar because I was going to put it in the trunk. But that would have been not as cool. Yeah, yeah, you can't see it. Yeah. When he took it all apart, it's like an old whale carcass. You know, the ribs of a whale, but he he removed the ribs and he put new steel support underneath on top on the sides, new sides, original front, original back, original wheels, re-chromed, all original windows, original doors, everything inside gutted completely. Air conditioning, heating, electrical system, stereo, lights, the leather, diamond-shaped leather, the CFH is engraved in the in the back seats where Vinny and Dime would sit putting the text of the original plate in there, making it all safety certified in California because recently there was a lot of limo laws. And I'm, I'm, dude, I'm learning so much about limo laws and all sorts of stuff now, but my limo is completely safe and to code in 2021, just all sorts of stuff that I had no idea about. But Enrique hooked it up. And again, dude, if it wasn't for him, even if I would have raised the money, I could have not got it fixed right if it wasn't for this dude who took his time and put so much tlc into it and he really really loves this the story the guys will come and they'll be like pantera pantera i'm like yeah yeah you know a bunch of mexicanos and dude again i keep talking about these dudes everywhere i go and now these people are talking about pantera and stuff and how proud they are to be a part of the restoration of this Vin Dime limo. So I had to mention Enrique because if it wasn't for him, there's no way this could happen. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. So what's it like after seven months and you show up at the shop and now it's like, here's the keys, dude. It's ready. How was that feeling for you? Emotional. I'm still still nervous now because before it was someplace and before it was in a, in a lot gross and nobody gave a shit about it. Then it was safely in a spot for seven months. All of a sudden, it was like Friday night at 930 at night and I got the keys and now what? Then I got, I got nervous. I'm like, what am I going to 
do with this? Where do I park it? I can't park it at my house. Like now that all of a sudden I start thinking about all these things that you never think about. Right. So I'm like, now, now what? Now what do I do? We drove it home that night and I parked it in front of my house and we just partied in it. <laughs> and uh, we didn't move. I was so nervous to move it. My wife wanted to go to In-N-Out. And I was like, no, we're not going to In-N-Out. We can't take this anywhere. You know, she's like, quit being stupid. And then so my friend Sonny, because I was drinking, he wasn't. And he drove us and he parked alongside of In-N-Out. And that was our first trip out in the limo. But then the next night we went out to the Rainbow and we partied in, in L.A. on the sunset, driving around Hollywood, blasting Pantera with family and friends in the car and uh, smoking weed and, you know, throwing the horns out the window. People were fucking headbang when we drive by just because they were the music was so fucking loud. The stereo system is incredible. It's even better than what Vinny had. Oh, geez. Way better, way louder. Fry Dog heard it. He was like, dude. And Bobby heard it. And he, this is insane. It's gorgeous, gorgeous speakers and amps. And I think I got about 10 or 12 speakers plus the woofers in the back alone. So, yeah, it's pretty intense. So, yeah, I was nervous, dude. I, I just didn't, I don't know what, to, I didn't, all of a sudden I, I became a limo owner with that handover of the keys. Like, okay, it's your responsibility now, dude. That was scary. You know, and I eventually I had it parked in that same secured lot. Somebody tried breaking my lock open to take the cover off hmm. in Long Beach. And I was like, dude, I was freaking out. I was like, no, I, I can't leave this here. And then actually the next day we drove it to Sacramento to the Aftershock Festival. And that's where I had a lot of um, people, uh, family and friends and strangers go inside of it. And fans and stuff were hanging out and partying with us. I never met, but I just, what would Vinny and Dime do? Let's mm-hmm. party, you know, come on in. <laughs> so we did that. But when I came back, I finally found a resting place for it, which is not too far away from my house here in Santa Ana, California. And the guy is a big Pantera fan. I told him the story. He was like, well, it's going to cost this much, but I'll give it to you at this price. And I was like, can you go down a little lower? Because he said 350 He went from, I got quoted 500 450 a month to fucking park this limo, dude. Jeez. Okay. Now all of a sudden, this is a car payment. I can get a car for this instead. So getting quote for 500, 450. And this guy was like, it should cost 500, but I could go down a little bit. And I was like, well, can, I have a three, three, three tattoo on my hand. <laughs> uh, and that's, you know, Vinny and Dime's favorite number three, three, three. So I said, Hey, can you go down to three, three, three? And he was, Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. The weekend passed. Uh, he told some of his employees in there, they were big Pantera fans. When I came back the next week, he had the contract for three, three, three a month. And they were so proud to house the Vin Dime limo there indoors uh, where it's out of harm's way. So I feel so much more relaxed now that I'm not stressing out that it could be somewhere getting broken into right now. Sure. So, cause I put so much, I mean, yeah, the money, but just the, the time and the love and I've never loved the vehicle more. I'm never, I've never been more attached to, to something like this. I mean, it's so personal now. You know, what's interesting to me is that uh, if you ever go to Adam Carolla's studio, he has, he went and bought a bunch of Paul Newman's race cars. Remember Paul Newman became a race car driver? Yeah. Same story as you got them remodeled, refurbished, and he just leaves them in his studio, climate controlled. He's like, I, I can't just leave these on the street. These are Paul Newman's cars. But 
if I don't take care of them, nobody else will. So it's kind of the same idea that you have. Yeah. So when you go to Aftershock, and I've seen a couple uh, pictures with with Rita, of course, is Dimebag's uh, girl, Chad Gray, singer of Hell Yeah. Uh, what were their reactions when they got into this limousine? Because obviously they'd been in there many, many times uh, as we had. Priceless reactions. Some that were the most important to me. When this got fixed, I had a list of people in my in my head that I needed them to see this and to be inside of it. And I was slowly trying to check mark those names like, you know, Rita and Bride Dog and Bobby Tongs and guys from Hell Yeah and Pantera and Chelsea and stuff. So I really wanted them to be in this thing. So, you know, when I finally had uh, some of these people in there, they almost like cried. Right. Like Bobby Tongs was kind of maybe did. Everybody has their own kind of way of, of crying uh, lightly, you know? I'm a big puss. I cry at kids' <laughs> movies all the time. So, but just seeing them and the thing that I, they, I said the most said earlier is that how proud the brothers would be and how happy they are seeing this from the heavens right now and how proud they are of what we did to fix this. And, you know, I feel very blessed by the St. Abbott brothers uh, every day. I feel very, very blessed. I feel like they're guardian angels for me. And having those special people in the limo and seeing their reaction. I mean, you know, Rita was telling me stories. It used to be called the White Fang. Dime named it the White Fang. I didn't know this. And she told me the story about the the dentist estate sale and stuff. So <laughs> right. I was getting just a lot of insight into the limo that I just never knew because I was never inside the limo with Rita, mm-hmm. you know, until Aftershock in Sacramento. And so she was telling me stories. So Rita was my golden person that I had to have in there. So we just went, I got her a universal pass. She was at uh, the Dimebag hardware booth and I went and got her. I said, you're coming with me. So we just spoiled her with drinks and food and love. And again, she represents the Abbott brothers. She is, you know, one of the closest connections to them that we have on earth, Right. period. And so to have someone like her in the limo, was very cool, man. They were just telling me stories and just tripping out on how beautiful it is. You know, I've told Rita that she can use it, you know, for her friends. If Dave Grohl gets in there, I'm going <laughs> to be in there too. But, you know, but I said, you know, Rita, if you want to use it now, I, now I have a driver, Chris, nice. uh, for this. His name is AJ. He's so cool dude and he loves the story he loves being a part of this as well and meeting all these people he's like wow dude so but there's a lot of things that i want to do with the limo yeah like what well i want to do an interview series that i asked you already to be in there uh zach wild said yes and sammy hagar i think i'm going to be doing him pretty soon in the limo so i want to get you know lots of people rita and dave Grohl and you know phil and rex and chad and the guys from hell yeah and just do a cool video series inside the limo of just you know not talking all about them but a piece of it will be about them and then like for you we'll talk about all sorts of stuff but it'll be you know kind of based with this mutual love of the abbott Mm -hmm. brothers so i'd like to start a, a cool interview series like that And I also want to use it to raise money for a charity that I'm starting now, which is such a cool thing uh, that I've been working on called Headbang for Science. It's a scholarship award uh, for a graduating high school senior who has financial need, excellent grades, majoring in medicine or science, and who loves heavy metal. (laughs) Headbang for Science. And I want to award my first scholarship award this spring. 
I have a board of directors. I have a logo. I hired a treasurer. I established the business in California, moving it from Jersey where I started it years ago. So now I can't wait any further. I want to do good in this world. I want to do more good. I want to do bigger stuff and help more people and really motivate people to do awesome in school. If it wasn't for schooling, I would never be here. I told you I'm a chemistry major. Um, I went to school to be a pharmacist, University of Arizona, then graduate school, University of Tennessee. And I got scholarships. I was poor, but I was a nerd. And I got all this scholarship award. It was the very first thing that I ever earned in life by myself was my scholarship awards. Like Mm. I did this, I won money to go to school. That was my first taste of success. And I loved it. And and you want to have that taste more. And I just want to encourage students, even if they're applying for Headbang for Science, that means they're doing well. That means they want to go into medicine or science. They have to have awesome grades to even apply. To get people to motivate them in this sort of a way, I think I can do a lot of good. So people keep asking me, how can I rent this limo myself? How can I go to a concert myself? How can I do this? So I'm going to have packages available where people can, it can come, you know, with my driver always and with modelos (laughs) and tequilas and weed and shit. And you can have me or you can not have me. That's fine. I don't need to be there. But if you want me, then it'll be this much. If you don't, if you just want the limo and you can have it for a Saturday night, this is how much it's going to be. I'm going to pay my limo expenses, and then everything else is going to charity, Headbank for Science. So that's great. That's going to be a really cool thing that I can do to give back to people and to have people, you know, rent this for a good cause. I'm not just doing this to say, yeah, let's make some money. Oh yeah, I can make all sorts of money renting this. Like I want to do it for charity and I want to do it for, for obvious public reasons and stuff. So my heart and intentions are in an awesome place. And I think that if I keep doing shit like this, more cool things will happen. And we're going to use it personally as well, dude. Like I'm going to pick up friends and family. (laughs) And we had dinner a couple of weeks ago. We picked up our friends and, you know, they didn't have to get Ubers and shit. And we had all sorts of drinks and weed in the limo, went out to a nice dinner and dropped them back off and stuff. So little things like that, dude. I mean, I want to I want to use it as much as I can go to Vegas, go to Phoenix, go to, you know, places that I can actually drive to. And I also want to have moments like I did in Vegas a few weeks ago. And I want to do it here in California where I'm just going to park it somewhere and I'm going to say, hey, I'm here. If you want to come drink some black tooth and, and see your name in the vehicle, just come hang out or come hang out inside of it. And in Vegas, I was there for two hours all these fans came by and I just had everybody go inside and people were like kind of scared to go. I was like, go inside, (laughs) sit down, take pictures, take videos. Do you want some whiskey? What do you want to be here? What do you want? Again, trying to do what Vinny and Dime would do. It's just, people were like, well, I'm I'm driving Jose right now. I'm like, well, a little black tooth won't be real. (laughs) So yeah, I want to do shit like, so people can, you know, make it available for people to see and to go inside and smoke weed in it and shit. So I want to make this a, a public thing, you know, but I'm also you know, nervous too, like parking it at the hotel in Sacramento. Like someone sees the CFH and the Vin Dime logo and are they going to yeah, yeah, do yeah. something bad to it? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know, man, I can get scared. So now it's just, it's this constant stress with the limo, but it's beautiful, man. And, you know, someday I, I do want to donate it to like a you know, I wish there was a really cool thing for rock and roll. I mean, the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but, Hall of Fame, yeah. Yeah, but they don't recognize our music much. So, you know, I want to put this somewhere beautiful, man. So that's the plan right now. 
Well, dude, this has been so great. I got one last question for you. Do you have a favorite story about, about Dime or Vinny that pops into your head after all the experiences that you had with them <laughs> that you can tell? <laughs> oh, this one's kind of a fun. You know, I don't, I don't think I've shared this particular story because it is, that's a little embarrassing, but not really. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll tell it for you and your fans. There was one time in Dallas with Vinnie Paul at his home. It was one of those late nights and we were there. We, there was uh, some of his dancers were there and Bry Dog and, and, you know, the usual suspects. And uh, I was there and we ended up getting into the jacuzzi and it was about five in the morning or something, man. And, you know, we're all pretty wasted. I think I was uh, massaging some girl's foot inside the jacuzzi just real quick, just a quick little, cause you know, it was like a little jacuzzi, but there was probably like, you know, eight of us in there. So you know, everyone's kind of real close to each other. And, you know, she, she loved it. She was like, oh, this is this is the best, you know, because I do like doing that. And then Vinny was like, fuck that, man. This is my house. Rub my feet. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, no, man, what? And then he was like, God damn it, I'm saying, I'm fucking choked. This is my house. You're fucking here. My fucking jacuzzi. Fucking my phone. I'm the fucking drummer. People were cracking up. And so I was like, Oh my God, I fucking have to. So I fucking <laughs> massaged Vinnie Paul's fucking big fucking feet. I, not for like a long time, a couple of minutes, you know, real quick, but I fucking massaged his foot. And he was like, oh yeah, now nah, this feels right. Hell and yeah. Everybody was cracking up. Bride dogs fucking laughing his ass off. And we were all having a good time. So I massaged just one of, if I remember correctly, it was just one of, Vinnie Paul's drumming feet, but in my head, you know, just putting myself as a massive fan over all these years, and now I'm in his jacuzzi, and he asked me to his feet. What am I going to say? No, <laughs> right? So I, I did. So yeah, and I don't share that that often, but now there it is. That's a good one. Blabbermouth can <laughs> headline. Good memories uh, from a great couple guys, and great job, Jose, in doing this and, and fixing it up. And I can't wait. To go and sit in this uh, limousine and, and crank some journey, but not super loud, just just semi loud. Yeah, dude, I can't I can't do that because I, I I know how how loud that is and how that can be ear piercing. Yeah, and I do it a little bit for a second just to show people the power, and then I, I turn it down because uh, then we can talk and stuff. Because you're right, you can't even hear yourself. Turn um, off the journey. Yeah, uh, dude, <laughs> thank you so much, man. That was great. Always great talking to you, man. And congratulations. Hey, thank you, Chris. And I'm looking forward to having you inside the Vin Dime Limo. And thanks to all of your fans and stuff. Uh, follow me. I'm on Instagram and all that shit at Jose Mangan. Thanks, Chris, for all the love over the years and for being such a great metal ambassador for our music out there. Man, congrats on the, the cruise and all that shit and everything. You're taking over the world, brother, man. So I'm glad that we're boys. Got to keep up with you, man. <laughs> uh, I'm trying thank to you, keep dude. up with you. What are you talking about? <laughs> thanks, dude. No problem, man. Thank you, guys. Woo! <laughs>